Welcome back to the Rebuildable Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Gentile. And today I'm just going to do some quick hitting thoughts for you because I know it's been a while since I've been on the mic and I do have an episode planned for next week. I try to stagger these about you know, seven to 10 days out. Um, so we're going to have an episode next week. We're probably going to hash out some more things that are going on this regular season. And I thought today's episode, I'd give more big picture opinions on where I'm at with the Chicago Bulls right now. Uh, of course, in a vacuum right here in the 2023-24 season, Bulls sit today at 3-5, and five, about to take on the Phoenix Suns this evening. But I have to admit, like just watching these first eight games, it's been puzzling because I think you know um, listening to the episodes this offseason and the season preview that we had uh, just before things tipped off uh, the first night of the season, I had an optimistic outlook for this year. Like I really thought that we would uh, see some of those uh, improvements to the roster with Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, uh, really take shape in the way that the rotations were made and really kind of set everybody in the role that they need on this team. And through the first eight, man, I'm still seeing some of those things that we saw last year. Uh, you know, sure, the Bulls are taking more threes, but they're still not hitting them. Uh, it's been very inconsistent. The last game they had, you saw how things can go when the ball is bouncing their way, right? Like in that game against Utah, they're hitting threes, right? 17 of 30 from the from the arc. And it just kind of seemed like everything else fell into place defensively. Everything kind of fell to into place with everybody in their roles, right? And that change with Torrey Craig in the starting lineup and Patrick Williams coming off the bench, like you saw Patrick Williams play with that extra aggression. It seemed like things fell into place. And it took the eighth game of the season to get there. And that's fine. It's still early. But you know, we had talked about in the mode of this season that Bulls really had a charge out of the gate, you know, and that the first 10 games were, uh, you know, a, an important sample size for them. And, you know, I said that I think being six and four, seven and three could really set them up for some success in this early portion of the season. Well, coming out of that, you're now best bet is to be 500, five and five. And that's, you know, still workable. But I think it's just showing it's it's going to be still a bit of a slog for this this Bulls roster. And I guess for me, it just kind of puts me in that spot of not knowing what this means long term for the Bulls. Like in a vacuum right now this season in 2023-24, it might mean that the Chicago Bulls are that top of the line playing team. Um, you know, right now they're 12th in the Eastern Conference, but again, everybody's so jumbled together. Like, you don't want to look at early season returns like this through eight games. But, you know, if they kind of continue on this path, I think we're looking at a team that's going to be playing competitive. And that begs the question, is that really where you want this to go? My answer to that, of course, is no. I want championship contention. Call me a spoiled brat when it comes to my sports, but I want the very best for my teams. And I want the very best for, for the Chicago Bulls. Like, 
the vision we had, I think, of where this could go after Gar Foreman and John Paxson were out of the picture, we were hoping that this could be a playoff contending team at the very least and then get into that championship contention window, right? Slowly work their way into that. And like these first eight games, I think, were a reminder. It's still going to take a long route to get there. I think that's what I'm sort of, my mind's getting into that state, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate because when you look at you know, the, the games that were here in the early slate, right. Um, you know, opening night against the Thunder was a tough letdown and, you know, you have the players having that uh, discussion in the locker room after the game and a lot was made of that. Um, but you know, games against Detroit. Um, I know Detroit's getting better, and you're seeing how good that young core really is developing there. You're seeing how good Cade Cunningham is in Detroit. And I said that was a game that you know you had to win coming out of the gate if you're serious this year. And same thing with the Brooklyn Nets, you know, on Friday night, last Friday. That was a game that to me was like a microcosm of what frustrates you about the Bulls. And that's, a, a to me, a team that you need to beat. Again, if you're, if you're serious about getting back into that fold of being a playoff team in the Eastern Conference, and that's not a play-in team, a playoff team, right? Reaching that ceiling maybe of, of four, five, six. Those are the, the games you have to win. Those are the teams you have to beat. And I think that is the frustrating part for me. And then I start thinking long-term. Well, what does this mean for the Bulls over the next, uh, you know, season or two seasons? And I feel like we're almost in that same mold we were in the Garpax era. Like, we're just kind of stuck in the mud. And to me, it, it makes me wonder, like, are they getting that itchy trigger finger to maybe do something? Um, yeah, it, there's been, of course, some of those reports we've seen from Shams and um, you know a couple of the other NBA beat writers that there's a chance that the Bulls might want to do some type of a reset. And we, we still hear Zach Levine's name being whispered. You know, these connections to the 76ers have sort of been out there now, uh, following the, the James Harden trade, but it's unfortunate because I think coming into this, uh, this new regime's, uh, you know, retool or tweak of the roster, I was feeling really encouraged and I was feeling like there was a direction, but really since the off season of 2022, that summer, it just feels like everything's been stuck in neutral. And I hope there's a way out, but I'm just, I only, I think the only way out is unfortunately to, to make some moves. Now, again, still early in the season and I reserve the right to change my mind. And I hope that the roster continues to gel. Maybe they start pulling out some, some big wins here. Um, you know, it, it's an interesting stretch of the schedule here coming up, right? 
Phoenix tonight. Um, and, you know, they're kind of struggling a little bit out of the gate, but of course there's been some injuries there. Devin Booker's finally back in the lineup and, um, you know, you have Detroit at home again on, on Sunday and you want to see a win there. I know Detroit's improving, but you, you got to beat some of these young teams. But then we start getting into games against Milwaukee and then hosting the Magic. And look, I feel like the Bulls, again, given the roster they have, they need to beat the Magic in those back-to-back games. But the Magic, you know, they're doing pretty well right now. You know, they're, again, it's only seven games. They're four and three, but they've been pretty impressive coming out of the gate here. And that's a game set of games that I, I a little scared of. And maybe, maybe I just have PTSD from what the magic did to the bulls last year um, at home twice, you know? So there's to me chances to, to, I guess, change the narrative, right? So at the very least, can the Chicago bulls here change the narrative in the early part of this 2023, 24 season? I hope so. Um, I wanted to get into um, kind of another topic, and it's kind of related to this big picture outlook, but um, it has to do with a thought that I've, I've been having last week, week and a half, about where is the, I guess, crux of the issue for the Chicago Bulls? Lots brought up in terms of roster construction. You know, we've heard uh, a pocket of Bulls nation concerned about the coaching staff, Billy Donovan in particular, right? What he does with rotations and how he's struggled to develop these pieces and kind of get them in positions to succeed. And I, and I think everybody has their, their own faults. I think the players have been part of the problem. You know, I, I think you can point to, to Zach, you can point to Vooch, you can point to, you know, even DeMar and his style of play. You can point to Patrick Williams and his lack of uh, you know, development and aggression back to him. But I think where I keep coming back to is ownership. And I know that's, again, a very big picture outlook. But it just seems like it's hard to judge everything here without pointing back to that problem. Like, it's the ultimate yeah, but in all of the negative points you can bring up about the Chicago Bulls, right? We talk about roster construction. You could say, well, you know, Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley haven't put together the right roster to win. Yeah, but has ownership really given them all the routes that they can build a roster to succeed? I don't get me wrong. There's been questionable decisions made by Arturis and, and Eversley. You know, we can go back to uh, the draft in 2022, right? You draft a guy like Dalen Terry. Does it really fit the current roster you have now? Not really, right? There could have been better pieces. Walker Kessler might have been a better option. Younger, uh, big man that you can build with and then have a, a, a plan B ready if you don't want to pay... Nikola Vucevic, the money that, that he ended up getting, right? Those are decisions front offices have to make. Um, and yes, there's been other decisions that I've, I've scratched my head on. 
from from them. And you go back to the 2022 offseason and making Andre Drummond and, and Goran Dragic your only uh, sizable additions to the roster and, and not really adding, uh, you know, volume three-point shooting uh, to the roster. Uh, yes, they, they deserve some of the blame for that. But I could make the argument that ownership doesn't really open up the pocketbooks. They don't want to go into the luxury tax. They don't want to have to pay the price to get some of those types of pieces. Like, great example, Max Struess talking about, you know, waiting for an offer from the Chicago Bulls. I kind of heard inklings, but never really got that phone call. And it makes you wonder, like, could you make those moves if you had different ownership? Like, maybe Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley want to do those things. But you have Michael, Jerry Reinsdorf sitting there and just vetoing those kind of decisions. Or giving them parameters that prevent them from making those kind of decisions. I think that's where I keep coming back to every single time. Now you can look at me and say, well, Matt, I think you're you're not looking at the the day-to-day decisions being made by those guys. And, and really, does ownership get that involved in meddling affairs? Look, I don't think Jerry and, and Michael are like scouting guys or saying yes or no to certain types of players. I don't think that at all. But I do think they kind of set up an environment that prevents those things from happening. I guess that's why I have a hard time grading Arturis Karnaschovas, and I have a hard time grading Mark Eversley. And in some cases, I, I have a hard time fully grading a Billy Donovan. Um, I, you know, I, I put, a, I think, a little more blame on Donovan when it comes to the way that like rotations are set up and decisions being made with within a game. But still, it's kind of hard to, to judge all of this. And I kind of look back to that 2021 offseason that summer, right? When they sign Lonzo Ball and they make the sign and trade for DeMar DeRozan, right? They're operating as an over-the-cap team, but they're not necessarily going into the luxury tax. And I think there's part of me that wonders, like, did ownership kind of give that mandate of, wanting to see an improved team, right? Like they had been through the, the rebuild portions towards the end of the Garpax era, and maybe they wanted to start to see a return on that in the form of wins. And that's how I you might have gotten the roster you have now constructed, right? But there hasn't been that, I guess get out of jail free option that other teams seem to have where they go into the luxury tax, they make some additional signings to kind of help round out the roster, have more complementary pieces, higher grade complementary pieces. And the Bulls can't do that. And wouldn't surprise me if Arturis Karnaschovas, Mark Eversley might have been operating under the guise that, hey, if we get this team better and, you know, our ownership says if we're contending, we can get into the tax, great. And maybe Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley haven't done a great job arguing that, you know, we have to, in order to play with the big boys and get to that contending stage, we need to get into the luxury tax. At the end of the day, though, the ownership has to make that call.
So I guess, again, it's been a big picture thought that's crossed my mind. And I keep wondering back to, you know, like the, the 2022 off season. Um, again, when, when the vet minimum signings were made. Is it very possible that the Reinsdorfs looked at that and said, well, you know, with Lonzo Ball, that was a key addition and he was hurt if he comes back. Now, again, keep in mind, we didn't know at that point he was going to be on the shelf for a full season and, and now even longer than that. Is it possible that they looked at, at that moment and said, well, if we get him back and he's healthy, like we saw how good this team can be. So no, we're not going to give you those uh, resources to improve the roster. I wouldn't put it past them given their track record. So that's, I guess that's my, my big internal conflict. I'm never sure how to judge Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley. And, and maybe maybe that's on me, but I have trouble judging them knowing the type of ownership that the Chicago Bulls have because it's really hard to build a roster. Now, that could speak to another issue. If you're Jerry Reinsdorf and Michael Reinsdorf and you don't want to spend that, then you better you better put in the resources and money and hire the right people that know how to develop players through the draft and through um, shrewd free agent moves or, or through, uh, you know, finding people off of the, the, the G League trash heap. And I don't want to use the term trash heap, but you know what I mean? Finding those diamonds in the rough. You better have that. Like, you bring in a... a, a, a executive vice president and a general manager that maybe not their best strong suit. Like if, if you're not willing to spend that money on the roster because of a, of a tax, then spend that money where you don't get taxed at the very least, go spend that money on those type of resources. So again, those are big picture thoughts. We're going to be back with an episode next week, getting more into the, the um what's going on here in the regular season but wanted to share my initial thoughts of what's been happening coming out of the gate and give you some high level thoughts there on what we have here with ownership so again to go back to what i was talking about earlier maybe the narrative can change it's still very early in the season right we're only eight games through let's talk in a couple of weeks see where we're at and who knows maybe Maybe my mood will be different. Maybe my thoughts on the Bulls will be a little bit different. So, um, again, you can follow me at mgenteel88 on X, formerly known as Twitter. You can follow the Rebuildable Podcast at rebuild underscore a underscore bull. Um, that's where you can get all the latest episodes, retweets from me. Um, and, yeah, a whole bunch of Bulls thoughts there. Uh, the Rebuildable Podcast is found on all the major streaming platforms. Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google, wherever you stream your podcasts, you can find the Rebuildable Podcast. One last thing. If the audio here has been kind of iffy, I'm in a hotel room in Denver, Colorado for work, so the acoustics might not be great. I have my, my lovely snowball mic, but apologize uh, if you were listening and 
it might have been a little odd or echoey. Um, Got to work on the circumstances uh, that are here in front of me. So I'm sure it wasn't too bad, but just want to apologize just in case. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you soon. Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.